0: up y'all welcome back to Faded Truth before you do anything like share and subscribe you know you're at the place to be for the best mix between cannabis and creatives and today I have a great cannabis guest on the show Mr. Chris Jackson he is the partner of Sticky Cannabis Operations which is a dispensary in Michigan you got it you got it all right it. how you feeling today CJ yo yeah, what up though i'm good how are you <laughs> i'm good yeah Shout out to black owned businesses. Love to see it, especially in the cannabis realm. You know, we've been getting a little deeper on the show as far as cannabis, um, social equity within the cannabis industry and things like that. So I've been learning a lot. So I appreciate your time. Of course. And so basically you partnered with, so Sticky Cannabis Operations is the name of your dispensaries, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, we, so got we got two
0: locations and we got three coming soon, including a cultivation center. So you guys are already on the map in Michigan, everything's in Michigan. Everything is in Michigan right now. It's two
1: different markets, right? So you have your medical market, which is how most states tend to start, and then they bring on recreational or adult use later. Michigan has both. Uh, So depending on the municipality, depending on the city, that dictates whether or not your permit in that city is recreational or medical. Um, So we're mixed right now. So one of our open locations is recreational. The
0: other one is medical. Let's talk about how you even got into um, the cannabis industry because prior you were a political candidate. Yeah. And you've been like in all these politics. that I, I mean, you had so many titles, I couldn't even keep up with them. I'm like, I'm smart, but like you really smart. You're intimidating. Nah.
1: With your, your bio was
0: a little intimidating, CJ. So how, how did you first get into the cannabis industry in general?
1: Work, yeah. So I was... Um, It actually I'm from the hood. I'm from, you know, you know, Detroit, Detroit area, similar to any um, urban area, I guess, throughout the United States. But we grew up with it in some form or fashion. Either people close to us were either getting in trouble for weed and or you were participating and or partaking. Um, But when I, I left from college, I went back home and I decided to run for city council. In my hometown, and I actually came within about 40 votes of winning that election, so I lost. Um, the year the next year I ran for state representative came really close and lost, but I was a pro cannabis candidate, right? I was an advocate, and I'm 31, right? So there was this mix between being a young guy in his 20s advocating on behalf of like legislation that makes sense for cannabis policy in these communities that really don't support it because they've been uh, they, they they've been brainwashed by D.A.R.E., right? <laughs> the, the war on drugs over the years. And so um, in 2018, after I got through running for office is when we legalized adult use in Michigan. Uh, and I believe that I was just a little ahead of my time when it came to that. But regardless, uh, after I got through running, my, my partner now, Jake, um, owned, the first dispensary that we have in Ypsilanti, it was medical, uh, and and basically brought me on to do a couple of things, uh, to be, be more diverse, social equity, project management, uh, project expansion, those are the things that I do now. So since then, like you said, we got two locations um, open, four more now coming. Uh, oh shit. By- <laughs> four more coming by June, uh, and then like you said, we got the cultivation coming down the pipeline
0: too. So basically, and it sounds fucked up, but like no one voted you into the city, (laughs) into the council. So you ended up just getting into the cannabis realm because you were already in that space, like trying to get your voice heard.
1: And I'm an entrepreneur first. You know what I mean? Like, Where else can you get access to a previously prohibitioned industry where you actually can get in on the front end of the process, make some real money from it. But still be able to promote economic empowerment for communities of color, still be able to promote criminal justice reform. Like it just made too much sense for me not to do anyway. And now I don't have to worry about none of the red tape, man. I can influence people who are in office instead of having to be the person that gets influenced. So it's all good.
0: Right. And now and now they gotta listen to you because you got some you got a good track record. So it's True like, story. hey, maybe this maybe this guy knows what he's talking about.
1: True story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's black, so he's black speaking on things instead of the white man speaking on you know things that they don't know about either owning exactly. businesses. Because uh, what I learned with talking to, with these people is basically like a lot of the black owned businesses aren't black owned, but they have people on the front end like yourself running it for them so that they get that kind of
1: perception
0: right yeah. um so it's nice to just talk to somebody that's you know from the from the bottom and worked his way up oh, what made you was- want to run for public office like you go to college and then what'd you go to college for accounting and
1: business management
0: okay and then you're just like one day like i like is it was it that you wanted to change things going on in your city or was it like like what makes somebody want to get into politics because for me i want to stay as far away from it as possible okay right. that's how i feel i'm like I just think everyone's fucked on their own, like, it doesn't matter wh- who you vote for kind of thing. And then my girl, she had told me, like, it does matter who you vote for in your city because those are things that you can influence, right? We we can't influence who's the president, really, but we can influence these officials that are in your city that are making these rules and laws about anything that's going on.
1: Agreed. And, and that was my perspective. Um, people that were in office at the time, in my opinion, just just weren't doing shit that made sense. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it was just like, all right, like, I can't complain about these people who don't have foresight because most of the, most of the things that we go through right now, especially in a city like mine in Pontiac, Michigan, is because of the decisions that were made 20 years ago. Right? So in my mind, if we make some of the right decisions now, we might be okay 20 years later. Right. Right. So there were a lot of us that were like converging back to the city um, um, my girlfriend at the time was a psychologist. Uh, my best friend was coming back as a college professor. And so I was like, you know what? Like the one thing that we don't have any representation in is, is our politics in the city. And I'm talking about diversity across the board.
0: You're dedicated to reversing the negative damage caused by the cannabis prohibition directly impacting, impacting urban America. Yes. So where, when when did you witness like cannabis prohibition and, and yeah. how it's actually affected?
1: It? Depending on like where you came from, where you got caught, um, who you were with, right? I live in a city that's literally a block over from probably the richest city in Oakland County. Um, and so there were plenty of my counterparts given the schools that I went to. Um, That either got caught and or got off with probably the same like amount of weed as people from our community. And if you look at the statistics, it's going to tell you straight up that, you know, disproportionately black and brown people will be negatively impacted by the justice system. Right. Um, Right. For weed. Uh, And not only that, though, but it's the it's not only the, the individual that gets impacted. Right. Primarily the males, but it's the families. So not only are individual men going to jail more often than not, but now you have the breadwinner of the family that isn't there anymore, right? Now you have homes or children that don't have access to fathers anymore. Um, and all of those things perpetuate throughout generations and then you got this systematic thing that continues to happen. Uh, and so um, friends, family members, you, you can't find, anyone from where I'm from that can say directly or indirectly, they haven't been impacted in some way negatively by the war on drugs.
0: So at this point, like, what do you think needs to change? Because I just think like educating people and talking about it is like one of the biggest ways, because if like everybody talked about it in the hood, then it would change. Like you said, you know, how it's systematic because this is what's continuing to happen. This is what's happened for decades. But this is like how, but Black people have already been like having this shit hanging over their head for, since the beginning of time. You know what I mean? So it's like you yeah. never had a chance. So like, yes. how, are we, how are you, like, what are you doing on a daily basis and what you're and your job and everything to like change you know, what's going to happen in the future?
1: Yo, like, so, so so part of it is just getting getting my foot in the door, right? And, and being one of the few you know, black people that that actually have ownership in this industry, right? And there's plenty of people that's doing some cool things that aren't owners, but are advocates and activists and and all of that is cool. Um, But actual ownership allows you to dictate uh, decisions that are being made, right? That that either make it more advantageous for, for people of color to be able to participate or you're taking away opportunities for, for people to be able to participate. Um, the, the, the three coolest things in, in any urban city that you go to, you got music, you got sports, and you got cannabis, right? Like the, the, the three cultures blend in more ways than one. And so for me, you know, we, we started to do some cool things in our city. So for instance, we had the Motor City Cannabis and uh, Music Panel. And the goal of the panel was to literally talk about the intersections between music and cannabis and how we can make it make sense for everybody. Uh, so we had Joe Torrey from Def Jam A&R, he was a Def Jam A&R, made his bones with Shady Records uh, as an A&R. He came into town. Um, we had 107.5 that was blasting over the radio, but we made it a cool event, right? Um, we I just actually recently uh, purchased Uh, a market for the TBL, the TBL, the basketball league is uh, an American basketball, professional basketball league alternative to the NBA and the G league. Um, And for me growing up where we grew up at, it was all about can you play professionally at some point, right? You trying to make it to the league. Like that's the conversation. I wasn't good enough to make it to the (laughs) the league. Right. Um, But this conversation around, Owning a team versus playing for a team is a conversation that we hear in every suburbia <laughs> outside of, you know, I mean, the, the, the urban institution that is America. And so if we can start to say, okay, if you a musician, why don't you make money in your own likeness related to cannabis, right? Um, if we say, you know, with your own strains or whatever the case is, if if we say um, okay, you're an athlete how about owning a team, right? And then if we say, okay, instead of being on the block, literally, uh, why don't you put a storefront on the block and, and, and legally be able to make some of this cannabis money? Because I promise you it's more money on this side, first of all, right? Secondly, I don't have to worry about getting cute, worry about corporate beef, but that's a different type of beef than what we come from ultimately. So so my goal is to really take these these three main hubs of urban urban America and really start to dictate and change the narrative around the three of them. And and I feel like we're starting that process. But to your point, education matters, but it doesn't matter nearly as much if you don't have people who are in positions to actually make these types of decisions that have ownership enough to be able to get people to listen to what they what they're trying to communicate. So
0: right. So the fact that people are just listening to you all the time. Like that has to feel like a great thing to you, right?
1: It's cool. Like because um, you, don't,
0: uh, <laughs> you probably don't think you're doing much, but like, to me, you did fucking all this shit already. I'm like, damn, you know, black man in fucking politics and fucking cannabis. Like you, you got fucking five locations. Like you doing it. You doing the damn thing, you know?
1: I, well, I appreciate that. You know, I got this issue. I got this issue with like, uh, appreciating the wins along the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, um, Sidebar, like I got this thing that I do, where and I think I stole it from um, Kevin Hart, maybe. But I got <laughs> the thing that I do now, where I I, I purchase a watch for milestones, because like I respect time more than anything else, right? So How many
0: milestones do be have? Because I, I feel I like you got a lot of watches. <laughs> I got
1: a couple. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got a few, um, but but then I get them engraved. You know what I mean for. That milestone, and, and and in that way, I never forget like the wins. Oh,
0: wow. Ones. Okay. See, I just rate my shit down monthly, but you fucking, <laughs> you, you engraving fucking watches and shit. You you know, call me when you break up with yourself. <laughs> <I heard> you. <laughs> okay. So, what's your favorite way to use cannabis?
1: My favorite way, I'm 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 basic man. I I don't even like to roll no more. I I just just give me a pre roll this. this
0: <laughs> You lazy. <laughs> if <laughs> if it's it's you already
1: it. done. I just want to smoke it. Like let's enjoy our time together. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't really trying to do nothing else. So gotcha. that's, that's, that's probably my favorite way. Um, the edibles I stay away from.
0: You were also in Oakland County's 40 under 40. Yeah. And then what did what did they uh, what did they recognize you for?
1: Yes. So so at the time, I was one of the younger people that was involved in politics. uh, And then shortly after that, I had moved into ownership in cannabis. Uh, So it was basically a combination of the two, particularly though, like, you know, in Oakland County, especially like they just had never really seen a person of color in an ownership position in cannabis. A lot of counties haven't seen it. Um, So that was their way of, of recognizing this here to stay. Uh, we might as well try to acknowledge the good people, right, who are trying to do some of the right shit with it um, versus continuously trying to make it a taboo situation.
0: Yes, Pontiac, Michigan. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Break the stigma. You heard? So are you working with the youth a lot? It's dicey. Because I feel like, like you were saying, you're you're making steps to change the hood. The hood's a lot of kids, a lot of kids that were smoking, like you said everyone grew up smoking weed since they were little so how do you address that because I wasn't even thinking until I did the um historian in Vegas and she was like I hope you're not telling kids uh telling kids to smoke <laughs> cannabis and I'm like I'm not but they I mean everyone smokes you, you know, know they, I mean, right your right, brains right. not developed until a certain age so it's right. like how do you address that like when when kids want to get involved in your industries?
1: Yeah, it's 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 education, right? I, I have a partner who has young kids that that knows daddy and mommy's, you know, this is their medicine, right? right. It, it's all in how you frame it ultimately. You know what I mean? And then when they come of, you know, the assumption is when they're younger, it seems like the best education is this isn't for you. It's my medicine. <laughs> um, you know, for adults, right? And then when they come of age and they understand a little better what it is. Um, you know, I'm of the belief that I, I'd rather my kids someday, right? Like I, I'd rather my kid um, try, if they're going to try something, try it with me um, versus doing it out there in the world where you don't have somebody that's going to protect you when you don't know what you're having, what you got access to. Right. Uh, and, and so I think that's where it's going to ultimately have to go, right? Because the more you tell somebody not to do it, right? This whole stigma around drinking. The more you tell kids not to drink, the more they're gonna do it before they turn 21. I would uh, just
0: give my kid a thing like, hey, here's a here's a fucking uh article on liver cancer. So all that fucking Bacardi big apple you're chugging. Make make wise <laughs> well, that mad to dog, cancer. you know, it's gonna come back and fuck you up.
1: Make wise over symptoms. pills. Yep. If yep. you wanna
0: smoke. Okay, but you have to be productive. My kid's not going to be a fucking pothead that's sitting on the couch. Like, right. I'm a productive pothead. So right. I'm Perfect. getting shit done while I'm high.
1: <laughs> and by the way, though, shouts out to people like you, people like me, that when we do get high, like, we can still have a high level of success despite smoking weed. You know what I mean? That's why need- I only
0: smoke sativas, because I'm like, you ain't putting me in the couch. <laughs> you know, I got 10 things to do today. <laughs>
1: And I might not get one done if I smoke this <laughs> <vinegar> right now.
0: <laughs> you're a board of director of National Cannabis Industry Association. Yes. And then you're also in the state regulations committee.
1: Yep. All right. So quick civics lesson, right? Like like in the 60s, 50s and 60s, 70s, like our, our ancestors were fighting for civil rights, right? Which important. Glad they did it. I respect it.
0: And it wasn't but fucking long ago,
1: long ago. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. But what they didn't do or they didn't focus on enough in my opinion is economic opportunities right empowerment um and so my sole purpose like i i I focus more more on this than anything else like if i'm going to be a part of a board it has something to do with economic empowerment right so the small business association of michigan right which is the largest collective of small businesses uh, I'm on a leadership council for them. I'm the president of our downtown business association in my hometown. Obviously, you mentioned the NCIA. Um, if it's if it's not cannabis related or economic related, maybe criminal justice reform related, it's just not a priority for me. And so I just had to figure out like this is the space that I'm gonna be in because the one thing that we need more than anything else is empowerment for communities of color economically. And so that, that's really my focus.
0: Wow. So do you think it's ever going to be federally legal? Absolutely. When what's your prediction?
1: No brainer. Yo, um, if they pass one or two of these standalone bills, like assuming that they get some version of a more act passed, right? Which is the social equity legislation, uh, assuming that they get the safe banking act passed, which means banks can make more money. So duh. You know what I mean? Um, I I'd be surprised if there wasn't some form of legislation in the next three years.
0: Nice. I'd be surprised. I like that prediction.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised because the the, the, the Democrats got a short window.
0: Where's your where's your blunt?
1: Not in here. Damn, <laughs> I'm fucking up. <laughs>
0: you, you, you you got five dispensaries. My fucking guy has no weed around them you right a fake cannabis
1: <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> that's how you feel <laughs> that, you know. right. I, I deserve that i deserve it. <laughs> i knew i knew what time you was on on this show anyway i knew that so that's my bad you're right you're right
0: can you break that down to me social equity versus community belief
1: yeah so in the cannabis industry right social equity means people who have been proportionately impacted negatively negatively and proportionately impacted by the war on cannabis or prohibition, right? Um, so the, typically the people who fall into that lane, so in a state like Michigan, they can't come out and say, uh, we're going to create an opportunity for a specific ethnicity, right? It's, it's against the constitution, so, or our constitution. So what they do instead is they say okay if you look at these zip codes and this crime rate right these are the places that we're going to focus or target on and call that social equity applicants right and so they basically try to different states are trying to do their own thing to provide opportunities for people that they believe have been disproportionately negatively impacted the thing is no social equity program has actually been successful, <laughs> right? Because I, I think nationally it's at like four percent black audience, people, people of color, even maybe combined, at like four or five percent.
0: What the fuck? um,
1: in Michigan, is at like three percent. So, I mean, kudos to the, the and I got a good relationship with the agency that makes the legislation here. Kudos to them. They put together this racial task force work group. We came up with some recommendations, gave it to them, and now they're putting it into practice. Right. So kudos to the people who are trying to change it. However, it's a lot of states that's not even thinking about it. Like, right. If it don't work, it don't work. Whatever. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's the problem. And that's why you got all of these people, activists, advocates burning shit up right now when it comes to this industry. But the time to get in is right now because once federal legalization happens that's when walmart might say i want to do something that's when amazon gonna say i want to do transport that's when cvs gonna say i want to um distribute the medical so is the
0: pot. time now to invest in cannabis stocks
1: yes absolutely anytime you hear something that's about to go federal like legally <laughs> you crazy not to invest into it because <clears throat> category, it's gonna shoot up as soon as it happens. Now, whether or not you stay there, because it's gonna be a bubble, right? But it, it only makes sense for you to put your money in, in cannabis stock. Sit on, me. it'll be worth it. Three years.
0: Are your partners in the sticky cannabis operations are they black?
1: No, so one of them is Eric, um, and the other one is, is a white. Friend of ours, that that, but they both come from the legacy market, right? And, and the reason why I keep saying legacy market is because words matter. If we keep saying illicit market, if we keep saying black market, it automatically associates something negative, right? So instead of that, because really they did something that, like people who were in those markets did something illegal, true. However, it's not legal any, illegal anymore. So if you say legacy market it means the people who were doing it before the corporation started to take over you know what i mean so anyway my partners were also you know come from legacy market uh and, and you know they give me carte blanche to do what i need to do and, and i'm un- unapologetically black you know what i mean and i'm not anti anybody else i'm just pro my folks like any other ethnic group <laughs> um that exists you know what i mean and so they they let me do my thing and they understand the importance of it. So this relationship that we have has been working out for the last three years.
0: Nice. Shout out to your partners.
1: Shout out to them, man. Yeah, absolutely. um Shout out to the to the Lanson Pharaohs <laughs> starting in April 2022. If you want to hoop professionally Wait, what's the, is
0: that the team name?
1: That's the team name. What was man. it? The Lanson Pharaohs. Lanson. Pharaohs. lansing Pharaohs. <laughs> Any yeah. fancy? Uh, yeah, no, no. So, so quickly about that, though, right? So, when I was thinking about a name like the Royals, the Kings, Monarchs, we hear that all the time with regards to royalty in sports, but rarely do we hear anything outside of Western civilization royalty as mascot for names of teams. Again, I'm unapologetically black as a person of color there are ties to ancient Egypt that we obviously have right in some form or fact. More importantly, on that point about kids that are in these hoods, it does something to the subconscious mind to see a professional sports team that's called the Pharaohs. You know what I mean? Because, because now there's a conversation around it. Now they start to do research. Now you start to gain an understanding of where you come from versus the history of the last 400 years. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, and so for me, it was an opportunity to really change the scope of the normal professional team names. And that's when we came with the Lance and Farrells. Nice.
0: I, yeah. See, you're deep in it.
1: I, yeah, yo, yo. my minor was philosophy in college. So I got a little of that. Gotcha. A little of that.
0: <laughs> so what do you think is your best like advice for? Just anyone. Like, what's your best life advice? If you had to pick something.
1: Best life advice? Shit. Um. Okay. I and I I meditated on this during the pandemic a lot. Um. So duality is everything, right? Like we we have this light to us, in my my opinion, we have this dark side to us, right? The yin and the yang, if you will. Um. <clears throat> never before has it been more clear to me. That there are just people who are going to dislike you no matter what than when I ran for office. Because <laughs> when you run for office, and I only lost by 40 votes, right? So the split was like 49 and 48% of something. I say that to say, no matter what, either somebody likes somebody else better or they dislike you. And you can't do anything about it. Like it just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So I came to this and it's on paper though. Like literally you see on paper that half the people don't fuck with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you see their names?
1: Um, No, you don't see who people vote for. <laughs> you at the grocery store
0: like, fuck you, Barb. You didn't vote for yeah, heard
1: <laughs> Right, so, so in my mind, I understand now that I'm going to be a villain to some people's story. I'm going to be a hero to some people's story. And I'm okay with both roles. You know what I mean? As long as I feel like I'm doing the right things for the right reasons, history is going to tell itself how it wants to, man. And, and I can just control what I can do. So um, that would be my my life advice is people are just going to dislike you. Some people are going to going to love you for who you are. Some people are going to dislike you for who you are. Are. You can't control it, man. You just gotta do what you gotta do and keep going, and, and, and that's it. And, and every since I've come to that realization, um, it, there's been a, a certain level of peace, as well as a certain level of success that I just I've never had. Yes,
0: see, I love it. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Appreciate you gotta it. You
0: got to protect your peace. I'm yeah. so I, I'm like so peaceful because I just don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that about you. That
0: authenticity is everything. I mean, it's like everything you said. I've learned that. I learned that from a young age. And <laughs> where'd you get the wolf from?
1: A spirit animal, man.
0: Oh, that's your spirit animal?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mess with wolves. Yeah, absolutely. Mine was a giraffe. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay cool
0: <laughs> but that was my favorite animal growing up so when the lady told me I was like oh shit
1: it's the same okay. for wolves though the same with but what uh, why a giraffe uh,
0: so basically I'm like an observer and I'm gonna have to like stretch to reach my goal but I'm gonna reach it that's like worth you know the book set and stuff okay CJ thank you for being on the show appreciate okay. you good. did you have a good time
1: no, I was dope. I, I'm sorry. I didn't have my, I didn't. I have wish no. you
0: got high with me, but it's okay. it's okay. It's okay. Next time. Man's got five fucking dispensaries. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't want to smoke, send me some. Done. I need a sponsor. Matter <laughs> <fact>. <laughs>
1: done and done.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. Can somebody help me? Cause I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Can somebody
1: help me? Justice is no peace no justice no peace